Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there, I'm Dr. Nazanin Moali, and you're listening to episode 277 of Sexology Podcast. As always, we will continuing our journey of teaching a new sexual skill series. And in this episode, we're going to focus on teaching you how to explore your vulva if you're interested in improving your masturbation skill, or if you haven't masturbated before, we're going to teach you step-by-step step what you need to do to explore your own body. Before going there, I just wanted to announce, kind of remind you all, there's nothing wrong with masturbation. Masturbation can be a healthy part of your sexual expression. And I got recently reminded of how how much negative experiences, information is out there when it comes to masturbation. Some of you guys know that I have a, a Farsi show. As you know, I'm Iranian-American. I speak Farsi. And I've been doing this Q&A Farsi podcast for years. And the format is very straightforward. I read people's questions and I answer them. And one of the questions that I received that was about masturbation and the side effect of it. And back then, this was several months ago, I was so naive that I was just like, thought it's another question. So I I said, there's no side effect. It can be part of your uh, sexual health plan. And God, I opened the door to hate, hatred and hate speech. And if you are fluent in Farsi and you have a, a strong stomach, <laughs> you can check out my TikTok in Farsi. It's sexology podcast Farsi. And you can see what kind of horrible messages that I, I'm getting just because I, I talk about how normal and healthy masturbation is. And since in this episode, we're talking about masturbation, I wanted to say that there's nothing wrong with exploring your body, especially for vulva owners. Studies show that it increased people's confidence. It helps you to be more comfortable with your body. And also it helps you to become more skilled in experiencing orgasm. Our guest today is Sierra Daysack. Sierra was in the previous show where we talked about how you can explore your lover's vulva. And today she's going to teach us about how we can explore our body. Sierra is a sex educator and the owner of Early to Bed. In addition to running her retail store and website, she lectures to community groups and colleges around the state on topics relating to masturbation, sex toys, and positive sexuality. You can read the, her full bio in the show notes. And before I forget, I have a gift for you because whenever I talk about masturbation, people think about, okay, how can I put myself in the mood? And last week during the conversation with Dr. Bachiva, we talked about different source of fantasies. I created a document filled with some of my and my client's favorite list of erotica, ethical porn materials, audio material that will help you to get in the mood. So if you are looking for recommendations of the written erotica or podcast that will help you to get in the mood as you're exploring your body, make sure you're checking out the link in the show notes. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sierra Daysak. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am very excited and honored to welcome Sarah Dysack to our show. Sarah, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for accepting our invitation. So in this episode, we're talking about how you can explore your own vulva. And you know, it's one of those topics that I feel people are not talking about it enough. There's so much shame around it. And sometimes people are not spending enough time to explore their bodies. So tell us, so what are some of the mistakes that vulva owners make when it comes to exploring their bodies? Well, I try not to use the word mistakes when it comes to sex, just because I feel like we have so much shame and, and stuff already about our bodies. So I, I think some ways that people can sort of miss the mark, maybe. Well, the first thing is to be is to just not do it. I mean, I think that we have body parts that are not just hanging out like they are for folks who have a penis. And I think for a lot of people, the they just don't know how to explore their body. They've never tried. No one's ever encouraged them. They don't know where things are. They don't know what kind of touch feels good. And so I think just even getting into the right mindset where you want to do it, I think is a good beginning place. And then I think things you can do to make it better that you would want to, you know, think about are having something slippery on your hands. So using lubricant or something like that, because I think sometimes if you just go in to touch a vulva and there's dry hands and nothing's going on, it can be uncomfortable and then it's not good. So I think that's kind of a big thing to think about. Also setting the mood and being in a position where you're comfortable, where it's not some sort of like someone going to walk in any minute is something, you know, like you're not rushing yourself. And also just remembering that the vulva is a, is a, it's a whole lot of area. It's not just the clitoris and that the labia and all that whole part of your body can feel good to touch and to not just like overly focus on one little spot. Unless of course you're really liking that and you want to keep going. That's of course. Okay. But just to remember that it's, it's, it's not only the clitoris, it's the whole area and also that your whole body can feel good. And I think that those are some things to think about when approaching this subject. Sarah, you brought up so many great points. Let's start with kind of like no distraction. I know that many of vulva owners are sensitive to psychological breaks and environmental breaks. And they're already ambiguous about if they want to explore their bodies or not, if they're giving themselves permission or not. And sometimes we're doing it in a time that is there's so many things going on. At times I assign my clients to explore their bodies, even if it doesn't mean like they're going to experience orgasm, just like explore your body, see what, what are some of the sensation that shows up. And I, when, I'm when we're talking about it in the session, they're telling me, okay, I was thinking about any moment my child might wake up and come to the room or my husband went for grocery shopping, he might come in or I can hear my kids downstairs with their father and I'm feeling guilty. So I think it's really, really important if this is, this is a practice that you want to explore and cultivate, so as you mentioned, to set the mood right, making sure you are setting enough time for it that you are not distracted, have your phone on do not disturb. I have so many women that say like, I got a text message and then mm -hmm. I just like from work and I got distracted. Make sure you are setting yourself for success with minimizing the distractions. And I love the loop, loop, different, like different recommendation. And I, I definitely want to circle back to that. But 
tell us where should we start? Do you recommend women like vulva owners, I guess, vulva owners to start from exploring the other parts of their body and then move to vulva? Yes. And first of all, I do want to thank you for your inclusive language. That's really awesome. I love that we're talking about it this way. I think, of course, like I think that starting with whatever part of your body feels luscious to touch. I mean, I think that So for some people, of course, breasts and nipples can be a really nice place to touch. But some people might find that touching their own arms or legs or hips, parts outside of your, you know, traditional erogenous zones, but that can feel really nice to just have sense, like a sensation on it. Also, I think touching around the genitals, like the inner thighs, the stomach, the hip, all those places can feel really good. And they can kind of for some people get the juices flowing, so to speak, and make the when the touch actually comes to the vulva or the clitoris, that anticipation has been building. This, of course, is a practice you can do with other people, but even with yourself, I think it's great to kind of tease yourself a little bit to, to, to ramp up that idea of anticipation and to be, to understand that that's a totally valuable thing. Like masturbation or self-touch doesn't just have to be genitals. And there's, there's nothing that is wrong, bad, shameful, not valuable in touching our whole bodies as everybody has different sensations all over their body. Absolutely. I I love that. And I tell people that even if you feel like it's not something you haven't done and you feel shame and discomfort, you can explore with kind of like focusing on temperature, pressure, texture. So it's not like you're, you're, if, if you're feeling ambivalent about it, you don't need to feel, okay, I'm building arousal. Like we don't need to hook on that thought. We're kind of paying attention. Oh, okay. Like the same way I'm adding lotion to my leg. What does it feel like to add lube to my vulva? So I think that's, I love that that recommendation you talked about, thinking about the whole different parts of your bodies. So if we we kind of like apply the lube and we want to move to exploring our vulva, what are some of the good touches and strokes that can help us to experience more pleasure? Well, I think it's important to remember that also with ourselves or with a partner that like going right for the clitoral, the bulb of the clitoris, the part that you're seeing on the outside of your body can be a little intense, right? So stroking on the side of the clitoris, stroking the labia. So if you're stroking yourself, you know, you're kind of coming from the top. And I think that using your fingers, especially again, if they're well lubricated, in, in your labia, you can put your finger in your vagina, you know, whatever feels comfortable for you. And then when it comes to touching your clitoris to not necessarily go right on top and start moving it around, but to kind of explore either side and sort of from the top, because it is super, super sensitive. Yay. Which is so awesome about it. But I think for some people, it can be almost too sensitive to have direct, you know, action happening right there. Some people like it, everybody's body's different, but I think the sides of it can be really sensitive for some people and can be a really nice way to kind of build arousal and sensation without having to kind of have it be too overwhelming right away. But using both hands, I think we also, our image of touching ourselves is often just like using one hand, but if you have two hands, use them both. You can use one inside you at the same time, or you can use both to kind of explore and vary your stroke. Don't just touch yourself in one way until, I think as people approach orgasm, they sometimes need a a singular touch, but 
you know, before you get to that point, using different types of strokes and sensations can be really nice. I agree with you. And I think it's important to kind of like use different pressure, just be curious about it. I know that from many of my clients, I hear that they they learn to explore the, for their bodies, the ones that they explore their bodies as a child, and they have the kind of like they use the same strategy which mm-hmm. is absolutely okay and good. And, but sometimes you might learn more things about your body if you're approaching it from this place of curiosity. And I like that you said, like maybe exploring with that one hand, you want to explore different parts of outer part of genital, and then you can explore the kind of insertion of your finger or fingers inside. Tell us about, so like, is it like, is that, is that hand is moving, not moving, pressuring, not pressuring? What does that other hand do? You know, it kind of depends on what you, what feels good for you. I think one thing that we talk about a lot, you know, we talk about at the store that I own, we talk to people all the time about sex. And so totally wide range of people. And there's so much different ways that people like to be touched. For some person putting, having something inside their vagina while stimulating externally, they just want that thing in their vagina. It's just sort of sitting there, whether it's a body part or a toy or whatever. But some people want friction. Some people want action. And so some people are using both hands or they're using other equipment at the same time and everything is moving, everything is going. Some people like fast, some people like slow. So I think giving yourself the opportunity to explore what feels good for you and maybe to kind of think about, you know, what felt good that one time when I was, if you've had sex with other people, like maybe having sex with someone else, we didn't explore that a lot. Can I explore that on my own? Do I like that real deep penetration? Do I want, was I looking for more shallow penetration? So kind of exploring what you might've been missing out on with someone else or what you might've been curious. I mean, the thing that's so great about being on your own is that no one's watching you. No one's sexual response is your responsibility. This is a hundred percent just for you. And you can go wherever you want to go without having to worry about someone else seeing, knowing, or worrying about what it is that you're doing. And I think that is the best time to really just dive in and see what, what feels good. Absolutely. You're experiencing up, upgrading your owner's manual of your genital and what works, what doesn't work. And I often tell people that you want to explore different types of loops. People, they don't know there's a galaxy of options out, out there. And one exercise could be like today, I'm just exploring the sensation of applying different loops out in my outer border, my genital and see what, what does it feel like. And again, if you are masturbating to climax, wonderful. If you are not able to climax, you can still engage in this behavior to kind of explore about pleasure and learning about how does these things work. And I think that can even be part of your mindfulness practice of kind of being really in tune with your body. I think that's that's really important. So if people like wanted to explore other erogenous areas a while, so if you have one hand on the genital, so you said like we can touch our breasts, we can touch kind of like I know some women, they touch their butt. What other areas that people can use to kind of explore to upgrade their masturbation activities? Well, I also think one thing that we don't think a lot about when we think about masturbation that is interesting is like our mouth mm-hmm. and our lips. I mean, we think of this so much as something we would only use if we were kissing or engaging in sex with somebody else, but it can be very sexy for somebody who's, you know, on their own to put their fingers in their mouth or, you know, to you know use their lips in a sensual way on their own body if they can. Totally nothing, you know, that's a great option. There's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, you could have, you know, some part of you know, massage oil on your body. I think that mm-hmm. if something, think about all of your senses, think about 
what smells really good? Do you have a massage oil or a body oil or something like that, that, or even a lotion that feels really good that you can rub into your body? Think about what, you know, is you're smelling, what you're tasting, all of these things. You know, you could even use flavored lube on your genitals, even if you're by yourself, that's fine. And you could taste that, you know, or you could taste your own body. Like all of these things are totally within the realm of what is healthy and normal, I think. And I think that there shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't limit yourself. If you are going to be touching inside your butt, you just want to make sure that you're using two different hands. You don't want to mess up which hands for the front and which is for the back. But that is a erogenous zone too for lots of people that exploring on your own can be super safe and easy without having to, you know, worry again about what's going on with a partner. So I think a lot of people do kind of take that direction when they're on their own as well. I know that it's very common for all genders to explore their bodies, but when it comes to vulva owners, I feel like there's just so many unhealthy messaging around what what does it mean for you to explore your body and that gets in the way of people being enthusiastic about this because I think for a number of different reasons it can be great behavior or great sexual expression maybe that that's something that you're doing to kind of like deep into some of the things that you are interested in and your lover is not interested in exploring or perhaps you can use it as a way to bridge the gap between the different desires that you and your partner have or it could be a way of stress relief. I know for many people, it's a wonderful way of stress relief. So what are other ways that you feel like masturbation can help someone explore parts of themselves? Well, I think, you know, like you said, stress relief, it's great for that. It can help you Mm -hmm. sleep. Like I said, you know, that's a very practical use for, especially if you have an orgasm. I think that overall self-esteem, I think is something that, you know, especially if you were assigned female at birth and you've grown up in this culture where we, you know, there's so much negativity about our bodies in general and our genitals. You think about the way people talk about how big bodies smell and stuff like that. And the nicknames for vulvas. I think that thinking of it as this ritual of tending to your body, of exploring your body, of honoring how awesome your body is and thinking about that your body has this, this huge capacity to experience pleasure. And our body bodies for the most part spend a lot of our life working, you know, not suffering, sometimes suffering, but you know, whatever, like we go through a lot where our bodies are not experiencing pleasure. And I think that thinking of that as a mindfulness practice, thinking of it as a a way to feel good about yourself. It's real hard. I think for a lot of people to feel negatively about themselves after they've had a lovely self-loving session, you know, whether they had an orgasm or not, it tends to put a smile on your face and it tends to make you feel better about this body and what it can do. Even if, even if maybe it doesn't look how you want it to look, or it doesn't always feel as great as you want it to feel to remind yourself that it's soft and there's all these parts of it that feel lovely to be touched. I think it's just a good mental health exercise. I absolutely agree with you. I think sometimes when we are with a lover or lovers, we're really preoccupied with this ideal. Does it look okay? Does it, do I smell okay? What do I look like in this angle? And all of those chatter get, can get in the way of us experiencing pleasure. So when we are on our own, we, we give ourselves uh, this opportunity to explore, like a really delve into pleasure without having those anxieties and worries. And there are a number of different benefits on slowing down and taking care of your body. And the biochemistry changes in your body that you experience after an orgasm and that's 
certainly can be a positive thing. So there are two, I'm sure there are galaxies of different re, like mm-hmm. ways of masturbating, but there's two common ways that comes to my mind. One is like to using some kind of erotic material, like reading things, listening to things, watching things. And there are different movements that comes with uh, mindful masturbation that like you really tune into our sensation. Tell us about each. What do you think? What are some of the good ways that we can consume the materials? And what are some of the ways that you can practice mindful masturbation? Well, one good way to frame your, your mind into this erotic session. It is sometimes hard to go from work or care, childcare, whatever it is you're doing, to um, self-pleasure, right? So having this break in refocusing your brain on an erotic story or a movie or what, a book or whatever it is can just really help, you know, switch off one part of your brain and switch off another part of your brain. I'm not a doctor, but that's what it feels like, you know? And so I think that, and it can be hard to find stuff. I think that one of the things that some people, a lot of people struggle with is that we live in this culture that in a lot of ways is very sexualized, but then the materials that are available, it's hard to know what's going to, what am I going to like? What am I going to find appealing? I don't necessarily want like what I see advertised or what I think of when I think of erotic material. And so I think finding, you know, a good bookstore, like a feminist bookstore or a feminist sex toy store or a place online that is not just like, don't just Google porn because you're going to end up with, <laughs> you're going to get I mean, shocked. You're going to find something I mean, like, like, <laughs> right. right. You might find things you didn't really want to see. So find there's avenues that you can find things that might be more approachable or more what you'd like. And you might be surprised, you know, what's available at the library or your favorite bookstore and then when it comes i'm sorry the second part of the question was about touching yourself like a mindfulness without like really paying attention to sensation not using any material not using any materials yeah i think again i think you're gonna the best way to, to be mindful of touching yourself and not having any material is to set the mood physically draw yourself a nice long bath or hot bath or so whatever it is Put yourself in a different room where you're away from the chaos. You know, if you have a guest room in your house that's not used, maybe use that as opposed to your bedroom. So you're setting kind of a different space. Light a scented candle. At the, even at the very least, start with some breathing. I know this seems like, you know, we don't talk a lot about breath and sex. We do talk about breath and sex, but like you don't have to start off being turned on. I think that's the thing that we forget sometimes too, is that you know, you're, one might be waiting to feel turned on in order to go explore their bodies or explore sex. And I think that one thing that you can do is like, well, I have this chunk of time right now. I'm starting from zero, but I'm going to use this time. I might not have an orgasm, but I'm going to explore this. And I think that checking into your body, checking into your breath, putting on some calming or sexy music, dancing by yourself, you know, like no one's watching unless you're in front of a window, but make sure you're in a safe space. Do a striptease by yourself. There's so many ways to check into your body and get your own sort of juices flowing, but you do have to be intentional about it. And I think that's the thing that is sometimes hard for us is we don't, we think sex should just be this spontaneous thing that happens when you want it to happen. And we don't think about setting aside time for it, making time for it, valuing that as much as we value getting our hair cut or reading a book or whatever the case may be. I agree with you. And I think it's kind of like going to the first topic of kind of erotic material. You're right that there are so many material out there that it's 
more quote unquote mainstream and it's not resonating with many of my clients because of how women get treated, how how they're kind of like the good camera camera angles from the male's perspective, all of those small details that some, like it's many people they don't know by saying, okay, I don't like it. You know, you don't like it, but it doesn't mean that there are not material out there that might, might fit your style. I have many of my clients, they love erotic stories that they listen and more mainstream are erotic material like books that you can mm-hmm. read and literature. And there's some really tasteful ones that I have like a part of the list that I share with my clients. So that's one option. And I think there's this huge movement around mindfulness and embodiment that can how that can really transform your solo practice and partner practice. And I love that you talked about setting the mood, setting the room. I tell often with my clients, it's helpful to build this ritual around it so that you're pivoting from outside, like what's happening outside with work and everything to, to this solo session. And part of it, it could be even kind of like having this mirror set up. I know some women have some discomfort around body image and mirror, but that can really help you tune into so kind of like seeing your erotic self that that can be helpful. I agree. That's a good idea too. Yeah. Well, what are some of the, if, if people are want to explore couple toys, what are some of the toys you recommend? Or do you recommend toys for a solo practice at times? Oh, well, my job is selling sex toys. So I recommend sex toys for anything pretty much. I mean, but specifically for couples, I think for individuals. Oh, for individuals. I mean, I think for somebody, especially if someone who has a vagina and vulva, there are so many, I mean, the bulk of the toys that are on the market are, are designed for clitoral or vaginal or, you know, external stimulation. And there's so many things out there. It is overwhelming for a lot of people, especially if they haven't had a sex toy before. And so I think finding a place where, you know, there's more of a curated selection where someone has taken the time to make sure that things are all good. And then thinking about what kind of touch you like. Do you like, you know, if you know, some you might be starting from scratch, but do you like like a stronger touch? Do you want something lighter? Do you want more of a tickle? Do you want more of a thump? Do you not know? Then look for a vibrator or a sex toy that has lots of op- like lots of different settings, so you can kind of explore. I think for a lot of people who don't have a knowledge of sex toys or accessories, they think of again like what they saw in a mall in 1984 or something like that, like some big throbbing, you know, penis-looking thing, and those are out there, but there are so many really gorgeously designed, discreet, cute, easy to use toys nowadays. This industry really is focusing on pleasure a lot and using it, having it be more about how it feels and then less about cheap throwaway material. So you can find some really nice high quality things. But I think one thing that is important to sort of note is that especially for, you know, vulva havers, orgasm sometimes just is hard to achieve with your hands or with your partner or something like that. And I think that sometimes a vibrator, while it's a fun toy, can also be a tool to help you have an orgasm when you struggle with that. Even if you don't struggle with it, obviously that's the point of it, but that there's no shame in that. I think we have some shame still built in around sex toys sometimes where if you need a vibrator in order to have an orgasm, there's something faulty in your body. But the truth is, is that everybody's body responds to stimuli differently. And some people, that's just what they need to get them over the hump. And so I think having an open mind too about what might be necessary or what might be really helpful for you 
was a great idea. And then of course, talking to somebody who knows about these things is always a good place to start. Well, if people are interested to know more about you, Sarah, about the Mm -hmm. services you offer, what are some of the places they can find you? Well, we're, our website is earlytobed.com and that's early with the number two. If you Google us, we'll, we'll come up pretty quickly. We also have Instagram account that has a lot of good information on it, information about sex toys, but also we do a lot about sex in general. We also talk a lot about more specific things like sex and pain and, and things like that. Our website too has plenty of articles that have information, how-to guides and stuff like that. And we try to organize things on our website. So If you are looking, instead of looking just like for vibrators, you know, you can look more by collection. Like these are vibrators for first timers. These are things for people who want unique sensations. So we kind of try to divide things up to make it as easy as possible. But you can always reach our staff too, which I think is really important because sometimes talking to a real human is a really helpful thing. And it might be a hard step for some people to ask that question, like, this is what I need, or do you know what would work for me? But I think that it's important to know there's people out there who would love to answer all your questions, walk you through how to feel good about your body. And that is what our job is. So that's what we do at Early to Bed. Beautiful. So the, all of those information, the link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being with us and being so generous with sharing your expertise with our listeners. Well, thank you for having me. I always love talking about this stuff. So thanks. I hope you found our conversation meaningful and you got some good ideas on how you can explore things and how you can improve your solo experiences. I truly believe that getting skill in exploring your body can give you tons of different benefits. For example, if you know your body, you know what works for you, you can easily communicate that with a partner and you will be able to have a great time regardless of how skilled is your lover. Because sometimes we kind of like count our partner to know what to do, but no one is a mind reader. So it's important to know your body. At the end, I wanted to ask you a huge favor. So if you you guys have been listening to our episodes, you know that we are toward the end of this sexual skill series. We have another month of skills. So there are a few skills that I haven't talked about yet. But if there is a skill that you're interested to learn before we close this season, I want to hear from you. And also, there is a six-question survey in the show notes. And it means a lot to me if you take a moment and answer those questions. I use this survey to choose a topic for our next season. So if you want us to focus on what you're interested to explore, make sure you are filling out the survey so I can produce a content that's relevant and important for your sex life. All right, I'll see you next week right here. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.